And we are here, the season two finale, White Lotus. Big, big stuff, big stuff. Before we get into the specifics and scene by scene and all that, just big picture, what do you guys think of the finale and season as a whole? Just broad strokes. Dirk? I absolutely loved it. I think the show um, is very enjoyable. I love that we've done uh, this this podcast for it. I think uh, I've said it. 10 times each episode and probably 20 times this one, the, the way the show shot is just unbelievable. It's very, uh, visually pleasing to me. And then the storylines of course, um, are very gripping. And I think this podcast with, with us kind of going back and forth each week and kind of diving into theories and things made me like it even more. So I love season one. I, I like season two better. I think part of that was because of this podcast and kind of diving, doing a deep dive with you two on this. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to piggyback off all what you all said there, too. Uh, I like how they kind of give you hints at certain things throughout the season and kind of bring it together at the end, like the island and a few other things. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, they leave stuff open to interpretation of what you think happened or where that person is now. So, Yeah, I, I was a huge fan. I think season one, I think, was funnier, but I, I think I enjoyed this one overall a little more. Agreed. I'm still not sure which finale, like the ultimate finale, I prefer, but I, I like them both quite a bit. Um, so it's you know nitpick at that point. And like Neil kind of mentioned, and we'll get into, I like how some of the questions were answered in full, some were kind of answered, and some mm-hmm. they just kind of gave us a middle finger and said, yeah, just do with it yourself, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. I do want to, Hamon, you're right. The first season, a lot of laughs, uh, in, like dry humor. Like it was just a, a little different with the humor. But I like that this season had a little more, like I felt like we each week, the three of us were kind of diving into these potential theories. And I thought that there was more of that this season, like more options, more stuff to kind of like look, look forward to or take a guess on than there was in season one. Well, I'm guessing since we knew what season was, it was about that kind of gave us That's something true. to build off of with other theories. Like in season one, we just didn't know what to expect. I th- I think, I think you're right in that Neil, but I do think Dirk's also right. I think this one was more no. set up in no. that way. <laughs> <laughs> that it was kind of more geared that way to kind of Mike White saw how people were watching the season and he kind of knew what they were going to think. So he put in all these little clues to yeah. throw you off the scent, but also get, drop some hints. And then I think the storylines themselves just kind of led more easily into the theorizing of what's going to happen versus season one. Um, I'm guessing mm-hmm. he'll probably do the same thing in season three, which I hope so at least. Um, but before we get into the, the first scene here, last episode I'd mentioned one of the actors had like an interview where they said their the favorite thing or the coolest thing their character gets to do is in the finale. Did either of you try to look that up or try to pinpoint what it might have been? Honestly, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, same. Okay. okay. I remember uh-huh. you saying that now, and now I feel dumb that I didn't uh, think about it. Okay, so it was actually Daphne, Megan Fa- Megan Fahey. Any oh. guess as to which what she's referring to? Was not what I was expecting when I read the interview after the premiere. Could, could you say the quote one more time? The coolest thing that Daphne gets to do is, unfortunately, really top secret. You won't know until the finale, but it's pretty cool. My guess is it's them walking to the island. Yeah, I'm going off that. I'm thinking that uh, in a weird way, she 
rekindled Ethan's love for Harper by walking to the island. And uh, I, I, I agree. <laughs> like I haven't. She didn't say obviously in that interview because it was the after the premiere, and I haven't looked if she said anything since then to confirm what she was talking about. But I think it would have to be the that whole scene, like the conversation with Ethan leading into into the island. Um, mm-hmm. But not what I was anticipating when I read that quote initially. I was thinking like some big, like splashy moment. Not necessarily that, but I do oh, like. Oh, so you're saying it was her favorite part as the character? I thought it was just like her favorite part thing that she did. No, no, the coolest thing that da- that Daphne gets to do. Oh, uh, gotcha. that <laughs> Okay. I, I like a how you sandwich how you, for lunch. I, I like how you still <laughs> came to the same conclusion, even thinking about it in a different way. Well, because I'm trying to think what else she did as on set that would have been cool. And I was like, she didn't really do anything else that could be considered that besides, you know, with the water being low and be able to walk across to the island. But fair. I don't know. Fair. All right. Well, let's get into it. The, these This foursome. Um, Ethan is still hung up on the did they, didn't they uh, of um, Harper and Cameron. Can't stop picturing them hooking up. And he's just letting it get to him. And you know it's going to gonna boil over the surface here. Um and then it cuts to to Daphne and Cameron. Daphne's FaceTiming with her kids, clearly in love with them. Kind of that that theme that kid, their her kids to whatever degree are kind of her lifeline. And then she calls Cameron over because one of the kids wants to talk to him, and he kind of begrudgingly comes over and has to like force a smile on his face to say hi to him. And they don't really address the kids more than that, but I do think that was kind of one more subtle note, or not so subtle, I guess, that like Daphne and the kids is a huge thing, and Cameron just kind of there when he when he feels like it yeah that's one of the the easter eggs that we've touched on and i remember um a couple couple weeks ago being like we'll find out if 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 there's anything more to this or if that was just you know up up to the uh the viewer interpretation up to the viewer i'm gonna stick with it i think uh i think it's not her i think it's not cameron's kid i'm sticking with with what i uh what i said before no you very well could be right with that and just for cameron it's just more like his wife or his kids are there, but like he's just always like looking for that next opportunity to mm-hmm. like party or whatever. Yeah. And I think I think Dirk, whatever theory you went into the episode with in terms of is the is the kid her trainer son, or was she just kind of referring to the kid as her trainer and that's like her escape from Cameron? Nothing really happened one way or the other. To, yeah, it doesn't really matter to sway end. you. Uh-huh. I think I think either way is completely believable. And maybe what she did with Ethan potentially did with Ethan maybe leads you to maybe more strongly believe that she does, does have the affair with, with Lawrence, the trainer, but I, right. I, I still say that, that she just loves her kids and that's kind of her quote unquote trainer. But again, that one of the things that's up to interpretation at the end of the season. Mm. Um, so at breakfast, um, they're talking about, or cameras talking about uh, his, his, someone from his office who was, who got fired for throwing a yogurt at his assistant. And he's, you know, talking about how basically how, how soft the world is. You can't c- succeed anymore because you might make somebody feel bad. Then Harper just looks at him and goes, you're an idiot. I thought that was, that was great. A great, a great line. Far yep. from the best line of the episode, which we get too much later. Um, it, oh, far from the best line, but yeah, a good line. A good line. But then nothing really came from it. It was felt like it was kind of setting up some big Harper Cameron confrontation, but then just kind of stopped at that point. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I love that line. I think it, it, the reason it was in there was because as you two remember, Ethan, when they're in the room, back in the room now after dinner, Ethan's like, like you called him an idiot. That was a tell. And it's like, dude, she was, 
genuinely meant he was an idiot. Like she was very annoyed <laughs> with him. Like that wasn't any mm-hmm. like, flirty and nothing. Like that was a tell. Or, or sorry, excuse me. That was not a tell like Ethan thought it was. That was like right. that was her feelings. And uh I think that was just kind of thrown in there to show like Harper at, at you know, it's the last day. It's just like, I'm over this guy. You're an idiot. And then at that point, we're still like Ethan is like losing his mind. What's going on here? So I think it was just in there kind of for that, you know? Yeah. Yep. So then they get back. I loved it. (laughs) They get back to uh, their room, Ethan and Harper. And this is where where shit starts popping off the episode big time. Ethan still accuses Harper of hooking up with Cameron to some degree, whether it was actually having sex or blowing him or just making out whatever. He, He is convinced something happened. And and Harper keeps denying it, denying it, denying it. And then finally, um, after Ethan says, or Ethan expects her to believe him when he told her he didn't do anything. And now that she's doing the same, he's not believing her. Now, granted, he ends up he was correct. But still, it's a little little douchey to say, I told you something, you should believe it. But I'm not going to believe you when you tell me the same thing. Right. Yeah. Very hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember I looked over my wife and I was like, that's a terrible argument that he's making right now. <laughs> yeah. Grant, like you said, he did end up being correct, but it was just a terrible ar- argument to go off of. Yep. If you listen to to my Survivor podcast, Talking Llama, you know I hate results-based thinking. So I, I don't give Ethan mm-hmm. any any credit for being you know right in here because, like you said, just a horrible approach to the argument. Right. Um, so Har- Harper does, does kind of tell him what was happening. They did shots at the bar and she was pissed at Ethan. And then Cameron said, let's go upstairs. And then she kind of interjects with Cameron, um, touching her leg at dinner the night before. Um, Cameron came in, latched the door behind her, kissed her, and that was all. And says nothing more happened. Ethan's not so sure. They were up here, they were up there for you know 10 minutes or so. Harper says they were drunk, went the wrong way. But again, all she says is that all they did was kiss. And but she said it doesn't really matter because Ethan's not attracted to her anyway makes up excuses all the time not to have sex with her. He'd rather watch porn. So what does one dumb drunk kiss really matter? What do you think of that kind of approach to her you know, defense, if you will? I mean, yeah, I get what, what the point she's trying to make there. It's like she multiple times on this trip, she's kind of been trying to, in a way, like throw herself at him. And he's just been like, all right, I'm going to go shower. I'm going to go for a run now. So that's why she's going to sense like, Oh, my own husband doesn't find me attractive. Like, and she just wants to get that feeling again of like being wanted by someone. And yep. then, you know, obviously after having a few shots, you know, that's going to progress that a little, little bit. Yeah, I agree with Neil for sure. Um, I think that especially with Ethan, which we'll get into, I know, but in a way it seemed like this was for both of them sort of like a reset for their, <clears throat> for their marriage, for their, like love for one another. Um, and I'm not saying it's like the right and the right way to do it, but it seemed like maybe they both kind of needed a reset in a way. Um, which again, I know we'll, we'll get into here, but I, I don't, I think, uh, maybe both of their arguments weren't, weren't too great in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to say, um, I wrote down, uh, like that, the shot of like the ocean and then them walking back to the room, and then the ocean waves again. I thought that was awesome uh, before they kind of got into this argument. I've, I've, like I said, I have really enjoyed the uh, kind of cinematography overall and the way that the show's been, been shot. Uh, I thought that was awesome because it's like Harper, in my opinion, was just super annoyed and just over this trip. And Ethan still was like 
I'm like, this guy's going to explode. He's just so mad about everything. And then like the waves crashing and stuff. And we're still early in the episode. So it's like, what's going to happen here? This is, this is cool. I yeah, mean, I, we knew someone was going to explode and it ended up being Ethan. Yeah. And pretty soon right here, actually. So he goes to, to Cameron and Daphne's room looking for Cameron. Daphne says he's down at the beach swimming. So he goes up, confronts him, starts yelling at him. Friends don't try to fuck each other's fucking wives, asshole. Fair point. Fair point if you're yeah. Ethan. Um, and Cameron, of course, denies it. You know, there's no reason to admit to that if, if you don't have to, I don't think. Not in his position, at least. And so they start getting, they get into a fight. They kind of take turns holding each other underwater. Um, another tourist finally comes in and, you know, breaks him up. And Ethan punches Cameron in the face and leaves. Um, and this was kind of the big, this was shown in the preview, which made me believe it wasn't going to be all that serious in the episode. Because mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like if it was a big moment, like if Ethan's going to drown Cameron, they wouldn't allude to that one bit in the preview. But still, I thought it was a really good scene either way. Yeah. I liked how... Uh... It's like Cameron absolutely jacked Ethan absolutely shredded. And then they're like fighting in the ocean. And then next thing you know, like another just shredded dude comes in the middle. Like, just get out of here, man. I'm like, all right. <laughs> just a couple of beautiful people fighting. Yeah. Just like, oh, maybe we should add another dude. That's absolutely ripped, which is great. But I just like that. Like I was, I was thinking during that scene, it's like, yeah, they're, they're fighting in the ocean. Um, like they're, no one's going to die here. I think that that was just a necessary like Ethan had to just blow some steam and be like, this guy sucks. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, definitely no one for years. No one could have died because like the body was just found. And if they're alluding mm-hmm. to that, it's like, all right, there's a bunch of people watching you fight. You can't just kill one another and then like just walk away from that. Yeah, right. They, Yeah, the whole situation wasn't set up for that. But again, we kind of knew that from from the preview. And so then this is when Ethan goes back to the beach and and Daphne calls him over um, to talk, says Ethan hasn't really felt like himself or hasn't seemed like himself these last couple of days. You know, what's going on? What's wrong? And and this is. May, this is maybe just from an acting standpoint, one of the best scenes of the of the season from Megan Fahey right here. Um, I love her. She was so good. Yes, she's absolutely incredible for so many reasons. And so Ethan tells her that he thinks something maybe happened with Cameron and Harper. And then Daphne just takes a beat, a couple beats, kind of thinks it over. Doesn't really get like pissed off or surprised, not like vi- not like visibly at least. And then she just says, I don't think you have anything to worry about. That everyone's got mystery, everyone's got secrets. You don't need to know everything about someone to love someone. And then she goes back to this, which she mentioned to Harper earlier on when they were in Noto. I think you just do what you have to do to not feel like a victim of life. And I think that's kind of her her mantra is mm-hmm. if this is my life, I'm gonna do what I need to do to survive be happy feel fulfilled and she just looks so peaceful in this entire moment and i thought like this scene could have come off so like corny or outwardly obvious like hey let's go hook up if she if you don't play it right and she just just crushed it absolutely nailed it yeah i couldn't agree more i thought uh i'm glad you brought that up about taking a beat because i noticed that too and it reminded me of of uh, the conversation in, what was it, episode three or four with Harper, when Harper essentially says the same thing. Like, I think something bad happened last night. And she takes a beat, same thing, and kind of composes herself, I guess. And I think you're right. She that This has been like her philosophy, it sounds like, for a while. And she like the, the way uh, her character was portrayed, I don't know, it was just so good. Like, it was, seemed so real. She's like, yep. That actually is affecting me, but I'm going to take two seconds to 
get myself together, compose myself, and I'm just going to move forward here. And it was like incredible to watch, I thought, that scene. Yeah, so then she says, um, and she points out Isolo Bella, you know, the little island across the way, and says she hadn't, she really wanted to go there during the trip, hadn't gone there yet, so invites Ethan to come with her. Hmm. And then, then they walk, we see him walking to the island, and then that's it. Another thing left up to interpretation. Oh, there's and, no interpretation. We, yeah, we all know what so happened. Either. You you think we, there's? I mean, I, I mean, I I agree. But you think there's no there's no question there about is, it. But that that it couldn't. Have Ethan been was a little, Ethan was a little too chirpy after that. Yeah, he seemed. Uh, you know, all of a sudden his mood shifted from the last. I I, I agree, but it's no fun if we all just completely agree. Like, <laughs> just to, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, you don't think there's any chance that they just walked and getting his mind mind straight talking to Daphne who's maybe gone through you know Cameron cheating before kind of talking through it and just kind of being this beautiful location away from everything else I mean obviously up obviously there's that possibility but the way mm. they presented it they obviously want you to think that something happened yeah yes yeah, and, and, and again I I agree that I don't think you do that, man that something happened but <laughs> I think it, it's it's more fun to at least explore the other side of it too Right. Yeah, for sure. I, and he did take. Like, he took a couple seconds. Took a beat or two. Um, the the way that the way it was shot, you know, on the beach, like before he kind of walked in with her. They're showing her. She's like turning around, looking at him and stuff. And he kind of paused, and they showed him. Like they kind of got a little closer to him. Um, and in my mind, I'm thinking like he's he's probably thinking like, like what do I what's going like do I continue? You know, do I keep following her? Like, is this good? Maybe this is making me happy. I don't know what's going on. This all right. I'm gonna follow her. And so I think uh, I'm with Neil on this one. I think we, Neil and I, in our imaginations, I think uh, are on the same wavelength. You know what, Hambit? You're probably right. They went over there looking for seashells, building sandcastles. That's all that really happened. Okay, that's it. not yeah. what I said. <laughs> and I'm on board. I agree with you guys. I did, it didn't seem like that way. It's the biggest seashells you'll see in your life, Ethan. You just kind of follow <laughs> me this way. <laughs> Hey, maybe he's island. a seashell guy. You never know. You it never might know. be. It might be. No, I do get what you're saying, uh, but that was hilarious, Neil. <laughs> uh, so then we get to dinner, last dinner for this group, and we see Cameron slip Lucia an envelope with the money he owes her. Doesn't fully answer the question of is he broke or not. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? I'm I'm guessing he's not. Like, just like, was... Why don't you just fucking pay her? So I because of mixed for good TV that he didn't. Well, I, Neil, I think I think he's not <laughs> I think he's not broke. I think he's just an asshole yeah. who yeah. thought maybe I can get away with not paying the full quote. And then when she kept pestering him and pestering him, mm-hmm. wasn't going to leave him alone that he just decided to do it. Yep. Rather than you called with... that one too, Ambon, a couple, a couple of weeks ago. You, you mentioned this and I remember I was all in on like theories and I'm like, no, no, no. I think he's broke and da, da, da. You're right. He's just he's just you know being a little con man. I think trying seeing to what he can get away. Seeing what he can get away with. Yeah, I think that's more likely what it was. Yeah. Um. So they go to dinner, the four of them, and afterwards Harper and Ethan go back to the room. Harper is clearly worried. You know they've gone through a lot in the past week, especially the last couple of days. She asks Ethan what's going to happen to us, and then he just starts kissing her. Finally, finally, my guy makes a move on your super hot wife who you've been with in Italy. For seven days, he, he just had to find a couple seashells, and uh, he just had to know. go have sex with someone else first before he could have sex with his wife. I guess <laughs> a couple. He found his, like his his uh, his 
his seashell that he's been thinking about his whole life. He must have found it on that island. Is, is finding seashells going to be the new euphemism we use now? <laughs> I think it, it might, might as well be. Yeah. Just ch- change the name of the podcast. Seashells. Oh, I like that a lot. Uh, so they, they get after it and, and they finally have relations in the biblical sense, if you will. Um, so good for them. Good for them for fi- finally. Uh, what do you think about do. the like head sculpture? Oh, yeah. How it finally break? shattered. Yeah, that was a bit of a letdown for me. The mm-hmm. whole the whole head thing, I guess, it was maybe Ma'am. if not a full red herring, more just metaphorically that people are going to lose their heads just emotionally and kind of lose lose their wits, if you, I guess. Um, but there was so much focus on that. Mm-hmm. I wish there'd either been less focus or more of a direct payoff. But again, I liked everything else so much that that one minor detail is not really going to detract too much for me. Yeah, and I guess the uh, going off the red herrings like. Uh, a local woman sleeps with a married man, you know, from the first episode. Like that's when we find all that out for this, for this, uh, with the heads and everything. And so I was convinced those first few episodes that, you know, Dom or something like that, he's going to die because of this, this whole situation and, um, or this whole, uh, you know, the, the history here. And uh, yeah, a little red herring, I guess. And then we get to Daphne's swim and this is near the end of the episode. And I was on one of my many predictions, I was completely, completely wrong on. I thought they were going to find the, the dead body like halfway through the episode. Um, and this was with like maybe 10, 15 minutes left. So Daphne comes across the body. It's spoiler alert, Tanya. Um, well, I think we'll, I think we'll finish with the Porsche Tanya story, mm-hmm. um, but it is, it is Tanya's body. And that's kind of where, where Daphne's part ends. And they pick up with the aftermath of that. Um, so we'll go to Bert, Dom, Elby, and Lucia next. If you close the book on Harper, Cameron, Ethan, and Daphne. Elby, uh, such an absolute scrub this episode. He um he tells Elby, or I'm sorry, he tells Lucia he's gonna help her that, and then she says she doesn't want him to leave. And he says, maybe you can come back to LA with me. Absolute numbskull. Tink, tink. Yeah, tink. Yeah, come on. It wasn't. It wasn't. So there the, he goes to breakfast and LB just tells his dad he needs 50,000 euros. I was genuinely just mad. Shocking, shocking number. I'm like, I'm like, what is it? Was it two grand for an overnight? Is that what she said earlier on? Yes. Twenty five sessions, I guess, <laughs> that she allegedly owes this guy. It's Bible it, readings in the it takes him sense. this long to say, like, okay, you need to pay me my money. Like, ridiculous. And his dad, like, calls him out. He's like, are you just going to help every, like, poor woman you see? And he's like, yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And it's and like, it's like, you two, I'm sure, will agree. LB's making great points um, to his dad about how his dad is shitty. Great points. However, you st- like you can't just ask for fifty thousand dollars and just be like, "Come on, give it, give that to me." Yep, you know? no big deal. Yeah, it's nothing to you. It's like, do you know how rich people stay rich by not just giving away money <laughs> when it's nothing to them? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, and then, which I think this will be a segue for you, Hambone. He had he had a card right up his sleeve that I, for some reason, did not see coming. LB oh. did. Oh, yep. In in this in this debate with his well, dad. Well, he's like, all right, what's my dad's weak point? Yep. Yeah. So and for some there. reason, I was not thinking about that. And he said it. And I'm like, oh, yep. There you go. There I'm you go. Talking about when he says, I'll help you with mom. 
exactly. Yeah. And then then Dom says, how? And he goes, I don't know. I'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Dom's like, yeah, okay. All right, 50 good. But but Dom calls him out. He says, How are you gonna make it in life if you're this big a mark? Now he just goes, I'm not mm-hmm. a mark. It's like, guy, you're a mark. This this one, I, I like that we all called this one perfectly, but it, it felt a little obvious that this was completely a setup on Albie's or against Albie. Yeah, I was really holding out hope that like I was holding on to, to some very thin, loose strings that maybe, just maybe it'd be okay in the end. Nope. But like if you if you if I was being honest with myself, like nah, he's getting screwed every episode. It was so I had to end this way. That's the classic nice guy finish last. And that, that's how it happens. So at, and then they get to dinner. Um Dom tells Albie he made the payment. Albie tells Dom he already put in a good word for Dom with his wife, which Interesting move. I don't know if there's anything Dom's done that would make you believe he was actually going to end up doing making the payment. And granted, maybe he wants his parents to get along again, so that's reason enough to do it. But if he did it because, like, oh, I know he's gonna, I know he's gonna give the money, so I'll, I'll just go ahead and do my part. Seemed a little short sighted, but that's kind of Elby's theme right now. I think Elby just a, is just a guy with a, a very good heart. He's a nice dude, and. uh Seems like he's just is hoping for the best in all these situations. Probably just yeah, wants his parents back together, I guess, maybe. And hates the um, godfather. Yeah. Hates the godfather, yeah. Absolute clown show. Um <laughs> then then Bert comes along and talks to to Mia. And Mia, who ends up getting the job of the bar piano player, um, that Bert and Mia had spoken at dinner a night or two ago. So she tells him. Uh, he got she got the job. He's very happy for her. And Bert, Bert, my man, sits down at the table. Lovely girl. She could she could be my granddaughter. But uh, when she hugged me just now, I got a little aroused. And then um, <laughs> they're they're kind of laughing about it. They're finally coming around to to bonding. You know, nothing like the last <laughs> last dinner. And then the quote of the season, I think, is oh, I, is, is, is with right it. here from Bert again, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Our Achilles heel is an Achilles cock. <laughs> Dude, and the way, again, I, I just am obsessed. The way, like, the camera, you know, it it, uh, it shows the three of them, and it's like they all have an Achilles cock in a way, in a, in a different way. But, like, Bert, you know, he's spitting facts right now. That was just two, two funniest quotes of the season, I think. In the premiere when he says, like, it's a penis, not a sunset, or whatever it is. <laughs> and then... Nice, nice little bookends. Nice oh. little good, good two, two cock That's, quotes by our, by a guy Bert. But like, if you think about it, it's like Bert is explaining himself there. You know, Dom is in just in in the trenches with his wife that he cheats on all the time, and then Elby is getting taken to the woodshed for fifty thousand euros. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> Bert has a point here. Like he has all of an Achilles cock. You know. Well, he, he's probably already given her other money since then, hasn't he? Probably. Previously, because didn't he like give her? Yeah, this is the second time he's asked his dad for money or said he needed to go to the bank or something. Yeah, because the first episode that they were like hooking up in at the end, I remember they're in the pool. Or maybe it's the start of the next one. Oh, Either I, way, I, I remember thought, he's like, I got the money. So maybe he paid her. Yeah, I, thought, yeah, yeah. I thought he got the money because he said for that one, he says to, to, to Dom that he has to go to the bank. And then Dom says, oh, like, what do you need? Like, here's like, like 50 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I need more than that. So I think LB paid his own money on that first one. I mean, regardless, he's, so he's, he's given more than 50,000 at this point. Yes. Yes. Without a, without a doubt. Um, so LB, you, Luch- you pay huh? 50 K. 
for for this? No. You would, would you have gone the same route as LV? Hey, Dad, it's like fifty k in my account. <laughs> uh zero percent chance. Yeah, I feel like there's a there's a, he could have gone about this in a better way, but or but I also would hope that I'm not as big as as big of an idiot as LB is. Yeah. Or that'd, be, that'd be the main thing. Uh, so LB, LB and Lucia are back in LB's room. He tells her that his her his dad made the payment and she hugs him. You can tell in her eyes though, she looked looked a little conflicted. And I do like that they included that, that she's not just completely heartless about it. Yeah. That the end of the episode might make you believe differently, but, but at least in the moment, she does realize he's just this kind of innocent kid that she completely swindled. Um, so there's at least some conflict there with within well, her. Let me ask you two a question. Do you think I think it's partly that, but do you think that there's a part of her that does have feelings for him? Uh I, maybe I, not I, as strongly as he had for her though. Yeah, I think there's something there probably that he's just most likely so different from the other guys. Yeah, that she, one of you two said that or I know she works with earlier. He's a nice guy. And like she sounds like isn't really used to that. So I think she, par- she partly liked him, but at the end of the day, uh, she accomplished what she wanted to accomplish. Yep, hundred percent. And good for her. Yes. Now, do you do you think this was her plan all along to whether it was Dom or whoever to swindle the get the her her client for the week, or do you think once she met Elby, she saw an opportunity? I think you can call her the Sicily version of like Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers. She she saw what the defense was putting up for her, and she audible at the line of scrimmage, and she she took that audible into uh, oh LB is a mark. I'm going to start working this angle, and went that route. I'd probably agree. I I I think she probably changed course. You know, like you said, audible at the line of scrimmage when she saw a new chance. Then the next morning, Lucia wakes up and leaves without saying goodbye. So much for LA. No surprise. And LB wakes up, sees that she's gone, and just kind of does the face palm. Knows he's been had. What are you going like, to do? Like the scrub that he is. You think in like three years, if Lucia reached out to LB and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like this came up. But Alessio, Alessio got me. LB would be like, oh, no worries. Here's 50K more and just come to LA now. Oh, absolutely. He's like, honestly, honestly, you. maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, this apartment's been here for two years, actually. It's been waiting for you. <laughs> all, all you like what you said, she'll just give a few excuses about why she had to leave. He'd be like, Oh, yeah, you need more help? Okay. Portia, I know I've been dating for three years, but uh, see you later. Oh, God. <laughs> and then uh, the Lucia and Mia sign off. We see them walking down the street, just dancing and laughing, having the time of their lives. And then you see Lucia hug Alessio, and he's clearly not <laughs> a pimp. Hmm. Never would have guessed. What do you know? Yep. What do you know, Neil? What do you know? Do you think they even needed to include that? Like at that point, wasn't it? Ob- I mean, I don't mind that they did it because then it is cemented. Like this was all a play on LB. But do you think they had to show her see Alessio, or do you think we could have just interpreted uh, the same result? I think it shows that someone came out on top of the situation where I feel like 100%. everyone else in the show didn't win. Whereas I think she did. Yeah, I completely agree with Neil. And I actually like that. This is fresh in my mind, but as of now, I actually like that because it is Neil's right. It's like these local women who more likely than not just had not great situations growing up 
you know, and, and all that. And they're hustling, they're doing what they can to make money. And she came out on top and, uh, she, she stuck, she stuck to, you know, her guns. She stuck to who she is and all that. And, and she's like, I'm not, I'm, I care about Mia and I care about myself and I'm going to get my money. And she got her money. And, uh, Alessio, maybe got a little, little chunk of change there. I guess maybe, he, got, maybe he, got 20. Little, he got a little slice, maybe a 20, uh, 20 euro, 50 euros. Here's <laughs> 50. <laughs> But uh, no, that I, yeah, I don't I think they needed to include it. I mean, I that's just going like, to cover his gas money to follow them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they needed to though to include it on But I, I liked it. I actually liked it because I was like, "Yo, look at these two go. Good for them." Two like the second episode of the season, their first episode, they're getting kicked out of the hotel. What are you? Get out of here! Get out of here! What are you two doing? Oh, they're walking around town. There's, they're, you know, queens of the castle. I like the way you put that. And to the the staff, um, we get Valentina and Mia waking up after their their night of passion together, and a maid. Of course, they were in the in an actual hotel room, and so a maid comes in, um, and it, and Valentina is is yelling at her that she's she's got to go, um, and you know don't ever come in here without knocking. It's like I'm pretty sure she probably did. That's kind of how the hotel maids work. I think they know what they're doing, but she's just obviously very frazzled and flustered. Then she gets up, realizes she's late for work, doesn't even have her underwear on, and can't find her underwear. She says, ah, just screw it. I'll just go without it for the, for the day. And Mia's just sitting there, just looking all smiley and giggly. Like, she had a great time, too. Um, Mia's so, is a big winner this entire show, actually. Speaking of having a great time. I don't think she ever had a bad time. Well, she almost accidentally killed a guy. So there's that. I don't think she had a bad time, though. <laughs> during it. She got his job. Yeah, I don't know if she ever felt bad about it. She definitely didn't enjoy the sex that was that they were trying to have, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that proceeded. I thought you know the... Valentina. I'm like, oh, I think she. Yeah, I think she enjoyed that a lot. Fireworks no, for with, sure with, with Giuseppe <laughs> when um when he when he couldn't get it up and they were in like, yeah, the, the church, the, the little chapel. I don't think she was enjoying that, but yeah, <laughs> Mia overall probably had the had the best time. Her 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 and Lucia together probably actually. Yep. Had had the least go wrong for them. Yeah. Um, so then Valentina goes back down to the front desk and Isabella comes over and asks her again about transferring Rocco back to the front desk. And and she says, yes. I mean, Mia must have just done wonders for this woman the night before. Because Val- really- Valentina, yeah. she says, yes, she's she sends Salvatore packing, tells him to get Rocco back here. And Salvatore is pissed off. Yesterday, I'm at at the beach. Today, I'm at the reception. Today, tomorrow, I'm at the beach. Where am I? Where am I? Wait, he goes. She goes. Clean the kitchen. Just get out of here. The dude's making a good point, man. If he I were is. him and he's getting I'd moved be, around. I'd be super annoyed too. Yeah, absolutely. For a split second, I thought that uh, the camera stayed on his face like for a second long, longer than it needed to. And I was like, what if Salvatore out of nowhere just starts killing people left and right? This guy's just pissed that he's getting moved around <laughs> like the white load. He's like, what? He just you know what? <laughs> like, I can't do it anymore. Because he's like staring and I'm like, oh, he's pissed. Which, like you two said, like reasonable, reasonable feelings from him. That'd be the most out of left field swing at, at the finale. Yeah, that's ever. like, whoa. <laughs> I'm very glad that, that didn't happen, but it was funny. But I do, I do love that this show can kind of get you thinking that way because yeah, a lot of stuff can happen that you're not really anticipating seeing. Um, so Mia comes to visit Valentina at the desk. Valentina asks to see her again, and Mia says yes for tonight. But I think you need a real lesbian. I'll help you with that. And Valentina's. That's a, that's a little hurt, but I still think her demeanor and kind of attitude has, has changed because she just um 
she seems more like sure of herself than she was at the beginning of the season. Like she was in control because she was in a position of power, but she Mm. didn't necessarily seem like she was comfortable with that. She had certain people she could kind of control and feel feel comfortable around. But right now, I I think going forward, I think she might be in one of the best spots of of anyone here. Yeah, I I liked that. Um, and of course, I'm sure Mia helped her, um, you know, lower her her guard a little bit. But I like that she was sort of starting to get a little nicer at the end there, like Rocco, all that stuff. Like, because because I do have to say. I get it. You're at your job. And I shouldn't say I get it because I you know this hasn't happened to me, but you're at your job. You're not supposed to be sleeping in a random room with an employee now as well. Uh, so I get that, that she's like frazzled and freaked out, but also like you're, you're telling on yourself, Valentino, let's, you know, just fix your hair quickly and just take a chill. Oh, pill, you know, the, like, let's just relax for a second. And the messiest uh, it's going to be okay. sex hair you've ever seen. It was just so yeah. obvious. And, 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 um, when what's her name? I, I blame her name every time. The girl, Isabella. She, yes, thank you. Isabella is like talking to her about Rocco. She's like, oh, she's like so frazzled. I'm like, just breathe for a second and just be like, oh, great. I'll bring Rocco back. Like it's all, it's okay. You, you know what? You had fun last night. You should enjoy that. Don't take a chill pill. Don't be so worried about it. Fair. I, th- I think she's there. But how awesome is it now? Now, oh. yeah. Now I think she's getting. Yeah, to- that's what I should have cleaned that up. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. At the end there, she's like, she's getting there. Yeah, which is good. It's great. But how great is Isabella? All she all she does yeah, the entire yeah. season is just is just sit there and smile and be like the nicest <laughs> person ever. Yep. It's like all this shit's happening to her because like uh, you know, Salvatore probably was like hitting on her or whatever. And she's just like smiling, like, please bring Rocco back. <laughs> like, hey there, Valentina, it's your birthday. I'll go out to drinks with you, even though you're super weird. I'll go out and get drinks with you for your birthday. She's yeah, Isabella is as a golden heart. Yes. Yeah, neither neither of them like played like a pivotal role in the show, but like you kind of need those characters too. Yeah. She was definitely in, in. I would say she's pivotal for Valentina, but like just specific. Mm, that's a good point. Actually, specific yeah. to her story, she didn't really have much impact anywhere else. But specific to Valentina's story, who I think unfortunately got kind of the the short end of the stick. Like like we said, someone kind of has to in a show like this. But I think she ended really strong. Valentina's story. Him. Yeah. All right. This will bring us to Portia and Tanya and Quentin's crew and Jack and. I think this is probably the one that had the most people talking, you know, because people had jumped on the Greg theory, whether they thought of themselves or read about it later or whatever it was. And and it became less of a theory and more of a this is just what's happening type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it was just the specific details of how it was going to all play out. And so Tanya wakes up in the in the in the house and comes into the dining room. Quentin and his friends, they're whispering secretively. Um. And then Didier says something kind of cryptic. You know, it's it's so lovely to make a friend, a new friend so late in life, which kind of sets Tanya on, on guard a little bit. And I, th- I think it was an innocent comment, but I think in the moment with Tanya's antennas up, they, they kind of catch her like late in life, like maybe my life is going to end soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanya's upset that Portia isn't back yet. This is what happens with my assistants. I end up assisting them. Then you know, that they pissed run off. me off, by the way. Why? Because Tanya has clues and like hints, etc., thrown in her face, left and right. 
And yet she's still on the train of like, this poor old me, my assistant, who I just like have been shitting on this entire time, telling her to get lost. She's out with Jack. I didn't even tell her that Jack's banging his uncle, so-called uncle. Poor old me. This is what happens. My assistant's going missing. It's like, what? Aren't you worried about her? Aren't you like, what do you mean? I, I think she was trying to, she wanted Portia back and okay. she wanted to Ooh, see, okay. and she wanted to see how Quentin and them were going to react to it. Oh, okay. See, and if they I didn't just, think this way And if they just, if they just kind of dismissed it like they did. Oh, so you think saying, she had her back a little bit. I think she had her back for Tanya's. Yeah, but still. Person, like, um, she's looking up preservation. herself a little, but. But, but she, she was using it. To, I, I think at least that like, if. If they just if they say, oh yeah, we'll, we'll call Jack. We'll have him come back right now. That would kind of maybe set her at ease a little bit. But when mm. they say, oh no, she's with Jack. They're they're fine. Don't worry about that. When it's clearly something that's bothering her, it kind of goes to further some. You know, I guess cement in her mind that something is off in not a very good way here. Yeah, that's exactly. I don't know about you, Neil, but that's exactly how I felt about Portia and how her. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't think about that as Tanya. And I do like, I like, I like this podcast because I like hearing what you two think. It makes me think about it differently. And that's a, that's a good way to think about it. Hambon. I like that. I do like to give Tanya a little bit of credit. She did grow a lot. She did. In, yeah. in this season, just, she went from season one, just kind of this completely living in her own, not only, only her own bubble, like her own planet, basically the entire time. And started off that way here and kind of progressively started to see things. Unfortunately, it all happened a little too late, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. And so let me, let me switch over to Portia and Jack. Portia wakes up, can't find her phone, even though it was charging on the table right next to her. And she starts to see all the, all the signs too. That no phone, Jack's just dismissive of that. She says she wants to go back. Jack says, now let's just go get something to eat. She wants to go back. Jack says, ah, no We'll drive you back later. Tanya's already on the boat. And he doesn't really have to play it smooth anymore because she's there's nothing else she can do, really. Um, but she's she's freaking out too. And he, he wasn't close to playing it smooth, by the way. No, I that, think he was I had written that down too. He was horrible. I think he was he was done with it though. I think I think you yeah, see him at the at the end when he leaves yeah, Portia, that the whole scheme was getting to him that. Maybe yeah, he isn't he's a, over maybe it, yeah. isn't a good guy, but I don't think he's as bad as his involvement in this plan would lead someone to believe. Yeah, I think if you remember last episode when he's hammered and talking in bed and he's like, it may, like it makes you do, like I was in a hole that makes you do like things you never imagined, whatever you're saying, you know? Yep. I think that was, it's pretty telling. He's like, like he, I think he probably is a good person. He was in a terrible, what got himself in a terrible situation. He's like, now here he is. And he's like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm over this. Like you said, I'm, I'm like this is just, I'm done with it. Yep. Uh, so then, <clears throat> Jack goes to, as he so eloquently puts it, take a shit. For uh, <laughs> Por- Portia takes his phone, calls Tanya, and they're on the boat, and they start piecing things together and start realizing that things are not looking good for at least one of them, if not both of them, right now, and. So this is when Tanya tells Portia about Quentin and Jack um, hooking up the other night. And Portia tells Tanya about Jack telling her that Quentin doesn't have money, that he almost had to sell his house, you know, that that whole thing. 
and Tanya starts thinking out loud. She saw the picture that looks like Greg that Quentin says, oh, that's just Steve. Um, great, great moment. Just oh, just Steve. Yeah, this is Steve. Worked on a dude ranch. Haven't spoken to him in decades. I mean, at that point, he's got to say whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, because she's she's it's done to some extent at that point that it's kind of over. Um, and so so Tanya starts to piece things together that that he that Quentin obviously knows Jack, or I'm sorry, not not knows Jack knows Greg, and they've been working together, and they're talking about the prenup and. She realizes, oh, if I die, Greg gets all my money. But if we just divorce, he gets basically nothing. So she starts starts to think that this is kind of what's what's going down. Um, and so, but at this point, they're they're kind of stuck. That she's stuck on a boat with no way with no way off, and and Portia is stuck in you know in wherever whatever city they're in and she has no way to get back no phone to call people on so they're both just kind of stuck um and then this is when jack comes back and just takes portia's phone or his phone from portia and oi neil hit me with it oi oi and uh do you remember just can i go on a quick rant quick side note not a rant uh get into the greek oi oi and then they continue with what they're saying Oi, hello, love. Oi. Absinthe. Absinthe. And then, hello, love. Oi. Hello, love. Oh, that, that, that's that scene when they're at the bar? Yeah. I think the best one is, we'll just have a little bit of naughty water, and then we'll go to bed. <laughs> I'm like, the heads are next to him. <laughs> we should have reviewed him to the Greek on a, on a different episode. We did the first episode. That was the first episode. No, no, but like an in-depth, like a, like a in-depth scene by scene is what I'm thinking. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We got we got some things to discuss at the end of this about what's coming next. Um. So yeah, Jack Jack says that you know they'll get back. We'll get back. There's, there's no rush. And at this point, he's just he's just playing the long game. He's just dragging it out wherever he can. Um. On the on the yacht, they get back, but they aren't they aren't close enough to to get to shore. There's there's docking on out in the middle of the ocean. Nicola will come later and take her back on a small boat. And Portia and Tanya just just freaking out as as you should in her position. Um, and then we see Portia and Jack get into into his car. Portia accuses him of stealing her of stealing her phone. She confronts him about his and Quentin's actual relationship. Yeah, why does she lead with that? Like, let him drive you back to where you need to be before you're starting to do all this stuff. I don't. I know. think it, I I agree, but I think that'd be some that'd be so hard to like keep to yourself. Like, when I know I might die, I, I can I can keep my mouth shut for a little bit. Wait, what do you backtrack? Because she like what leads you... out was starting to like ask him questions and he's like, Oh, your uncle, the one you've been fucking or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, what so I... you t- are you two on the same are you two agreeing with each other? You how would you two have handled it? I guess this is it's kind of the same thing as the the um Daphne Ethan that we both think that she should have okay. just shut up. But mm-hmm. I can see why, yeah. Whether intentional or not, she's also not very smart. I don't think she's a very smart person. That she probably didn't think through what's going to happen if I confront this mm-hmm. probably dangerous person about this thing that's that I just found out. But at the mm-hmm. same time, she just found it out like minutes ago. It seems it'd be very easy to see how someone would just yeah blurt it out. 
in the in the heat of the moment, you know, your phone's gone, you don't know what's happening. What else can you say at that point? Hey man, Tanya was able to keep her cool, so just saying. Yeah, eh, that's a fair point, but I'm I'm gonna I give Tanya a lot more more credit. She can than, keep her cool better than Portia for sure. When she's got she her head on panicking straight. a little bit, although I would be panicking too, so I can't blame her. Yeah, I think season one, definitely Tanya, than Portia, Yeah, season one, Tanya would have took a stumble off the boat a lot earlier. I think. Whoa, spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, geez. <laughs> season one, Tanya. Yeah. Um, I do have one positive thing or, or a quote I want to throw in that I forgot to say before. When you, this is my number two quote of this episode, Ambo. There's a lot of good ones. When Tanya and Portia are on the phone and they're kind of piecing it together, you know, through each other. And when Tanya says, uh, you know, they're naked, and Portia's like, what do you mean they're naked? And, <laughs> and then, she, like, the way Jennifer Coolidge's delivery was, she's, he was kind of, uh, well, Fucking her, her uncle. <laughs> I was, I lost my mind. Like that's just hilarious. It was and her partner's like, what? Right before that, that when, she, she, when she's like, yeah, and they were they were naked and stuff, or like naked and all yeah, that. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> she's like, what do you mean they were naked and stuff? And he's like, well, she was. <laughs> yeah, that was just great. I love that. And then she like, matter of fact, there was something weird. Yeah. I saw Craig. <laughs> yes, Neil. Yes, that holy shit. That might be number two, actually. Matter of fact, like Tommy, are you kidding me? <laughs> Anyone, like anyone else, for the most part, would be like immediately be like, "This is just not okay." Or something's going on. <laughs> and then when Tanya she takes was, Tanya two more days to figure. You know what? When she was running by the boat, thinking she was being discreet, and you could oh see her through God. the window. <laughs> <laughs> she's like locking the doors after. Her. No, like when she's like outside. Not, not. Uh, I know what part you're talking about when she grabbed the bag. Yeah, and then she starts running. Yeah. No, but Tanya, before wait, that, when about? she when she runs and oh tries to oh make yeah, the, yeah 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 makes the, tries to make the phone call. <laughs> but yeah, the bag one too. Like clearly they're gonna, they're gonna follow you. They saw you run and yeah. grab the bag. Said, at like, that point, yeah, I said that you got glass. Go yeah, that's, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, that was oh that was incredible. Um, let's see. Yeah, so Tana tries to make a phone call, and this part I didn't like because it was just so predictable. She just drops her phone in the ocean. Dude, yeah, come like, on. They could have done anything. It just felt like, so- like she doesn't have service. Easy. Like, but she, already, she, already, yeah. she, already, she already got a phone call, though. Uh, yeah, but then uh, what's his name? Uh, Quinton's like, Quinton's like, oh, you don't usually get service in the middle of the Or, or have one of them like look at her phone and actually drop, drop it in the ocean or yeah, yeah. anything. anything. Or else. Yeah, just but again, like the smallest of nitpicks right there, because obviously the phone has to go away at some point. Um. And then she she goes. This was the this was maybe one of the bigger Tanya moments. She goes to the captain, who we know doesn't speak English, who then tells her, "I don't speak English." And then she explains the whole situation. Yeah, a bunch in of great English in there too. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, and then he's just like nodding and smiling. She's yeah. just like capiche or what she said. Yeah, put, like, puts on his sunglasses. Yeah, like I'm gay too. It's like that's what that you got out of great. it. That was a great answer too. Yeah. That being able to find something so funny in a moment where like something bad is going to happen to somebody very soon here. But here's this hilarious moment just smack dab in the middle. Incredible. Oh, incredible. I, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. There was another one where he's she's they're telling her to like get in the boat with uh, Nicolo. And she's like, what about the other guys? What about him? And, and what's his face? <laughs> Dude, she's unbelievable. Uh, and and I'll get to it. But she's another quote coming up here. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so Tanya. So I am, but now that my, there's my olive branch to you here with, uh, contending the se- the segue into my next quote is going to be great on, on what Tanya does after she starts running, <laughs> running away. 
And everyone with, can see her. Oh my god! With, with the coke bag. Well, I mean, that was another. That's a different what, one. That's a great yeah. one. I don't know what quote you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, we'll, get to, we'll get to it. We'll get to All it. Right. We'll we'll finish with with Jack and and Portia first though. Um, Jack stops the car. They're not at the hotel, and Jack says, "We're not going back to Tor- we're not going back to Tor- Terramina. We're in Catania Airport, right down that way." And then he says to Portia, "Don't go back to the hotel. Just get on your flight and leave." These people are powerful. You don't want to fuck with them. I know you're smart, smarter than me, so don't be stupid. And so th- this is the part where, like, he didn't get full redemption because he still played a big part in in all of this. But I do like that they gave him a little more more depth and development here that for whatever debt he feels he owes Quentin, there's still kind of a, a good guy somewhere in there that at this point, this was literally the bare minimum he could have done, but he at least did that to get one person out of there safely. Yeah, you'd like to see him kind of redeem himself a little bit. I I think he knew there was going to be some consequences, but since all those guys, well, we'll get to that part. Yes. But uh, <laughs> there maybe won't be the consequences that you think could happen here. Yeah. So then he leaves, tosses Porsche's phone out of the car, and this is where she was stupid. Because she doesn't apparently call anybody. She does. Or, she does nothing. nothing. Dude, before that, before that, like she's she's thinking she's kidnapped, right? She's like, Where are we? What are we doing? Right? And he just gets out. Of her, just fucking take take the car and drive away. Just do anything. Like you're in yes. the car. It's running. He's outside. Just take the car and drive away. What are you doing? Oh, he's going crazy. But yep. also, as as you said too, Amon, that made me mad as well. Yep. I I can I get the not driving away part because you might just be so like petrified with fear that you're too scared yeah, that's like, fair. Okay, like you're yeah, frozen you can't you don't know you can't where you're make the to. decision you yeah. don't know where you are but i get, Still, I get the, out of the way you're going get the point but you have a phone you know something's going going that to too. go wrong and you don't call the hotel and say hey there's this huge yacht out there somewhere my boss is on it something bad's gonna happen to her please send police mm-hmm. it doesn't do it doesn't even try it doesn't seem yeah. like that was super frustrating um i might have talked myself into a new lvp with that but i don't think i did wow dude i think you may have talked me into it too I, yep. i'm gonna stick but damn we'll just say it uh doesn't change mine dude porsche <laughs> is in the running for my mvp i gotta be honest i actually enjoyed her because i did think that she was like her heart was in the right place with tanya like tanya didn't tell her about anything about quentin and what she said like porsche genuinely was just like love stricken by this european dude in in a way and i i kind of enjoyed her in this episode, but I was not thinking, uh, as you were, Hambon, that's such a good point. Like, wh- what are you doing, Portia? You have no, like, you don't know where you are. Like, call 911 or, you know, anything. Like, do something. Literally yeah. do something. Even oh, if it wow. fails, do something. Um, but then, then we get Tanya and she knows if she doesn't do something at this point, she's, she's done for. And so she, she runs to the bathroom, grabs Nicolo's bag. His, his coke bag, which we saw last week, had a gun in it. No coke this time. Just a gun and rope and duct tape. Classic murderer tools. Also, uh, side note, Niccolo, idiot. Bigger idiot than Tanya, Porsche, whatever. Oh, just slipped out in the open. Yeah. And he's like, he's in his bag like an hour prior, let's just say. Whatever it was. The scene prior. He's like in his bag in the living room. Like, take the gun. Put the gun in your waist. Keep the gun on you, bro. At all times. What are you doing? I honestly, thinking about it now, I think that's kind of the point that I don't think he's mafia. I think he's just some guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think agree. Greg is an idiot. But he's still an idiot. I think Greg's an idiot. 
So he was going to hire idiot people to carry out his plan. I think what do you Quentin, mean hire idiot people? I think he and Quentin definitely had a connection. Like they've known each other. Right. But I don't, I think Quentin was the only one who had any brains about him in this whole operation. So I, yeah. I think, I think like that's an intentional thing that be, only because they were on a, on a secluded boat in the ocean, like alone with no one to help Tanya. That's why I was succeeding. But they clear, they clearly weren't really thinking this through. They could have found other ways to kill her before this. Well, like they yeah. were with her alone for a long time. They could have done a whole lot of stuff. They could have and drugged the drugs and killed drugged her the drugs mm-hmm. or just not take drugs themselves and have her do more coke as you pretend you're doing coke. And then yep. she maybe ODs anyway, or she she gets super high on coke and you kind of give her a little nudge off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And she falls over <laughs> like there. There are so many other things. I think that's the point that, that Greg didn't hire. For, he didn't go to professionals. He went to who he knew and who I he knew he, had idiot friends. Yeah. Who he knew was in love with him and would do whatever for him. Yes. You know? Yes. And uh, I guess the idiot friends maybe are just a, a, a plus one, a benefit of that, I guess. Yes. I don't know. Um, Neil, so, I, no, I agree with you on that one. I mean, I, I really, I was enjoying listening to you uh, go a little rant on that one. Yeah, I am. When I love, I love the little, just a little push. <laughs> oops, oops, oops! It is What would have been that? Would have been a very simple way to do it, you know? Mm. So, so Tanya pulls out the gun, and Nicolo breaks down the door, and she just, she just opens fire, shoots him down. Then proceeds to shoot Quentin and the rest. We don't really see her hit anybody, but we hear like bodies fall. Yeah. She's closing her eyes. And oh, and, I was I was seriously hoping she was just missing the whole time. Yeah, dude, me too. Me too. <laughs> and like, like I was but, hoping like maybe she killed everyone but Quentin. And it's just like Quentin's like looking around like whoa. <laughs> like like in Pulp Fiction, where the where the dude comes out, tries to tries to shoot um hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Jules, yeah. just misses. Yep, yep. And then like and they just look Jules. at they just look at the wall and they both hold their guns up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And like not, I just like Quentin's line after that would have been hilarious. Whatever he would have said back to her, you know. <laughs> did you? Did either of you think at any point that once we saw Tanya like kill them, that she was gonna have it wrong? Yeah. Yes. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. It was. It was at one point I was like, "What if? What if the gays, as Tanya called them, what if the gays actually, you know, were just being? They just wanted to party and hang out. They just liked her. It was all good." And then that when she found the picture and they talked, obviously was not uh, correct. But I just I like thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. So then she she walks out into like the living room basically area and Quentin is bleeding out and Tanya asks him if Greg is having an affair. I know you know is he having an affair. That's that was my not necessarily a quote, but that was such a Tanya moment to me. She's like shot all these people and they're bleeding. Quentin's like it's literally spitting out blood. He's bleeding out. <laughs> and she's expecting this response. Back. I know you know the truth. Tell me what's great. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, like you saw the picture with Quentin who's bleeding out on the, you just shot him. Like you saw the picture from 30, like he's lying to you. Portia just told you that he's fucking his nephew, quote unquote, you know. Like, and you're still like, tell me the truth about Greg. They're what do you no, they don't care about you. They don't <laughs> Greg doesn't care about you. Like, what are we doing? I, I think she just wants answers. I'm, I'm assuming she wanted to then justify what she just did. Mm. That she just murdered like three people. And then Hugo jumps off the side of the boat, swims away. Sure. Missed one. Um, yeah. Which, that, by the way, Tanya, like, did you free? There's not a lot of people on this boat, Tanya. You've been hanging out with the same number of people on the boat. Did you forget that one of these people is not dead on the ground? Well, I mean, she's, she's not like, a trained assassin. She's going to lose count of people. Hmm. Bro, but. 
You're telling me if that was you, you'd lose count of people in that Probably, situation? yeah. Four if, people. If I, if I go from... And you're like, one, two, three, there's, there's someone else here? If I go from never killing anybody in my entire life to killing three well, people semantics. in like 10 seconds, I'm going to be so just out of control, like in my head. Yeah, Derek, you're on your own on this one, man. My heart's going to be beating so fast. I'm not going to be thinking straight. I mean, fair, but I think I would just be... I would just be shooting anything that was moving at that point. Well, she does try to shoot him, but she's out of bullets. Yeah, that's fair, actually. Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, all right. I'm on. You guys got room for me on the train? Because I'm nope. joining. I'm joining. Wow. Maybe, on the, maybe on the caboose. I'll get us with the luggage under Join the back. Um, and then, then Tanya. So so she sees she sees Nicolo's boat is still, you know, anchored down next to it. And. She tries to climb down. Doesn't look for a ladder. Doesn't look for anything else. Just tries to climb I, down. I cannot like, get over that. I'm not. Like, I'm never. Clearly, he was able I'll to get up get on a boat it. somehow. Like I'll never get over it with the boat. Oh, being so right Tanya, there. did did thank you, Neil? Actually, Tanya, did you did you Spider Man crawl up the boat? How did you get on the boat? Tink, tink, tink for one second, Tanya. There's stairs. Go down the stairs, in the back. I mean, I I think I think Neil's Neil's part is the best because. Obviously, Nicolo had to get on there somehow. That maybe the the ladder that she, that she got on wouldn't have gotten her to the boat, and she didn't Bro, wouldn't know how to get there. It's a yacht. It's a yacht. It's a yacht. Oh, oh, I'm actually glad you brought this up. I have three pictures saved right now on Google. I'm going to put them in the chat. Viewers, I wish I could send them to you too. I mean, there's only one way to get up on this type of yacht, and it's a back staircase. And it's not a staircase. This isn't a pontoon boat on Lake Minnetonka, Tampa, which I would love to to join you on sometime some summer here. But there's the staircase isn't just being thrown down. We're on a huge yacht. There's all there's a staircase in the back. Oh, is this the yacht that's in the show, or is this just a random yacht from a Shutterstock? There's three uh, same size that I could find at least, and they all three of them. One's oh, a so these are just random pictures you found. Yes. Well, yes, but the point is, I researched it, and these yachts, like like the size of the yacht that they had in the show would have a staircase similar to these three photos. I picked three photos because I knew if I sent one, you'd be, oh, there's only one photo of the yacht. Mm, interesting. Oh, wait, but the thing you is... You know, that's right. You know, that's no, right. No, I'm saying the thing is here on one of the yachts, there's this, like a staircase at the back of it, but the boat was, the small boat was on the side of the boat. She's She would have had to swim okay. and and get to the... I'm not saying that she Let me ask done a question. it. Dude, would sharks, you, you can't swim as, in there. As Tanya, would you take, like, like if you were a betting woman as Tanya, would you say, I'm going to jump 15 feet down to a boat or swim for like I don't know ten feet. Oh, I I, I, I would have been, I would not have done what she. Did. I would have I would have thought through the situation a lot more. Walked on the stairs. I wouldn't have done what she did. I would have taken my heels off for sure. <laughs> okay, great point. <laughs> the worst hilarious. was like oh she's God. like, all right, I think I can do this. You can do this, and then falls. Just falls. Just smacks her head on the boat. Yeah. I literally and I, also, I, I let out a, I let out a gasp when that happened because oh, I was yeah. I was not expecting her to die. Yeah. By her own stupidity. For a second, I was like, she might, she might die. But then I'm like, it's, it can't end this way. It can't. And then, <laughs> boom. But Neil, I like what you said. Like, well, I shouldn't be going too hard on Tony, actually. I do. I agree with what you said, Neil. I don't need to go on another rant is all I'm, I'm going to say. <laughs> yep. And, and that's it. That's, that's Tanya. That's, and that's the yeah. body. But that's, oh, I need to go on my rant, I think. <laughs> Do it. And then not- is it just going to end that way with Tanya? Like, seriously? Yep. I, I guess that is a very Tanya way to die, but like, come on. Yes. And oh, speaking of that, did you watch um, 
the after the episode thing with with yeah, Mike White unpacking yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah and he says the same thing he goes it's very Tanya to just you know die in such in such a derpy way mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's like she's panicking which I again you two are right you two I'm on the train remember I'm in the caboose uh, she's panicking she killed a bunch of people like <laughs> I get it I get it uh, but at the same time it's like you you don't she didn't look she didn't look side to side she had she had as much time as she needed she could have literally slept on the boat until the next day there's no predators on the boat there's no one else on the boat that's going to come get her right? uh, the dude that jumped off i think oh that's gone. a good point he could be wandering in the water waiting for her and that's why she didn't want to swim in the water wow i i think i see the but, point but i just mean like she like she's like take a breath like i know it's like oh my god i just killed like what the hell just happened but like just take a second and like let's think about it but she i get it she's like trying to like she's trying to leave but like you said hambo take off your heels at least yeah we're worse worse shoe choice in that in that situation for sure go barefoot but yeah i i feel like she was probably just so hopped on adrenaline that she's not thinking like i can yeah. just wait this out for a little bit but the fun about movies and tv shows is that like we're, we're not thinking about it that way we're thinking about we're we're, we're putting just the 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 binoculars we're putting telescope we're putting everything on it you know i love it and she's love an idiot it. Yes, she died in a but very tiny way, which mm-hmm. I didn't really want her to die. But if she's gonna die, this was a way. This was the way for her to go yeah. by, by, your own, you by your own fault. And this one, Neil, you're gonna have to answer too. If Neil was in the same situation with heels on, you think he's making that jump? Is he landing or is he breaking an ankle? Maybe what's no, he's taking the heels off? He's not an idiot. Uh, no, he has to keep him on. At the point. Why do I have to keep him on? Because that's the rules. I make the rules for this question. Mm. Okay, well then, no, he would. I think Neil's making the jump. I think he's breaking an ankle from a heel. He'll he'll stick one heel landing. The other one is breaking. Like I'm breaking the the my ankle, or am I breaking the heel of the shoe? You're breaking both on your right foot specifically. Well, I'm probably landing on my right foot, so that would make sense. Yeah, and then your left foot. I think I think you're going to handle the left side of your body. Your your left foot's going to be good. Your right foot's going to give out. Hmm. Handbone thoughts. Um, I think we're going to move on to the airport. <laughs> The episode is not over yet, so we do get all the all the people leaving. Which kind of funny that they're all in the same flight home. Basically, they're all at the airport at the same time. But t- again, TV. Um, we Very see the, similar way season one ended, by the way, too. The the DeGrasso men see a hot woman. They all just give her the old look back. Awesome. That, that was, was great. So great. Like father, like father, like son. Yep. Yep. And Ethan and Harper, Cameron and Daphne, they all look very cozy. Um, whatever issues they had seemed to be resolved at least for the time being. Portia sees Elby, goes up to talk to him. He asks about Tanya. Portia says she's not answering her phone. Then Elby talks about they found a drowned body and some dead bodies on a yacht. Doesn't know anything specific. And Portia just like, oh shit. And just kind of moves on. Just asks for Elby for his number. Um they I like that. You guys didn't like that? Viewer, they, I mean listeners, excuse me. I'm listening. I'm viewing these two are, I think, are on the same page again. You guys didn't like that? They deserve each other. I'll say that. You, That's the nice that? way to put it. That they deserve well, each other. Oh yeah, That's I just nice thought that that, that that scene. Uh, I don't know. I was like, these two have been through been through some stuff, and uh, I guess yeah, you two are right. They deserve each other. I liked. It. No, I think we like hinted this that it was like the first season ended where like the couple got back together and no one wanted them to be back together, and like that's what's happening here. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah, I totally. was like, yeah, I'll take you back, sure. Totally. Yep. So, and that's. That's the White Lotus season two. We got one more round of MVPs and LVPs. Dirk, you want to start us off? Yep, I do. 
I'm going MVP, Lucia. I'm happy for her. She, like I said, stuck to her. What she wanted out of this entire thing, she stuck to it. She didn't, she she adapted. She audible like Peyton Manning. She she got that ring. Like what, about Russell, what about Russell Wilson? Let's ride. She she took Broncos country, let's ride. Sicily country, let's ride. And she actually <laughs> accomplished it. Unlike Russell Wilson, she's the opposite. Uh, so MVP Lucia. LVP? Uh, how about we cycle through MVPs? Because I'm debating between two. Because like Neil said it, Hambo, you you've, maybe you've talked me into the new LVP. I, I don't know if I want to go that route. All right, can fine. we cycle through MVPs and then? Yep, Neil, who you got for MVP? Yeah, I think we're both cons- we're all in the same predicament here because like MVP, I wanted to pick two people. LVP, I wanted to pick two people. I'm like, oh, yeah. maybe I can just do that. I was like, no, that like takes away from the whole point of it. Uh, but no, I'm agreeing with Dirk here. MVP Lucia, and he pretty much hit all the points already. Like, she came away as the winner, the only winner in this show, I think. So, and also, actually, Neil, now that you're saying that. I think she found out a little bit about herself too. Remember like episode three sure. it was maybe she's like, we were like, Oh, Mia and Lucia kind of switched places in a way. Cause Mia's like, we're like, you know, she's maybe she's over like kind of the, the conniving and whatever else that she's been having to do growing up. It sounds like, um, I just think she is a character. She's a person like you said, Neil is, yeah, she came out as a winner in, in all facets almost. All right. My MVP got to be my girl Daphne it's it's almost it's almost more so just for Megan Fahey's performance specifically yeah. in that scene with Ethan because no one really did any MVP worthy things this episode um mm-hmm. but kind of like what you said with with Lucia where she kind of came out on top Daphne is like the most solid person in terms of knowing what she wants in life and knowing how to get it and like when to get it and she's just so in control of everything by right? what we've seen that she didn't really change this this season but she was the one that kind of didn't have to she just goes this is my life i'm happy with where i'm at i know what i'm doing i'm gonna do what i need to do and i'm just gonna enjoy doing it and she embodied that the entire season i love that explanation oh my god i think yeah wow i couldn't agree more i think she some people kind of found themselves during this season or during this, this week at the white Lotus. Uh, and I think Daphne, after you just explained that handbone, Daphne kind of knew who she is as a person. She, she knew going into it, like, uh, yeah, who she is. And, and she is content and she's happy with herself and she's okay with herself. And she showed that throughout the season. hundred percent. You maybe just talked me into a different MVP. <laughs> Well, I've I've got a, a different MVP discussion for after the episode one, okay. so maybe you can save it for that. Do you guys have your LVP set? Yeah, I'll go first. Go. go first. I still can't. All right, like same as before. So the other MVP I was going to pick was Mia, because you know she got the job as a singer. You oh, know she, I like she does that. feel like she's wow. like on top with Lucia because I feel like she's probably getting some of the money too. Anyways, so then I really LVP. Like it was between LB and Portia. I just I'm going with Portia because I feel like. More as, as we're talking now, too, it's like there's so many things she should have done and that she just didn't do. And then at, at the end, she's like, oh, can I have your number, Albie? It's like, you're you're the one that ditched him for this dude and clearly made the mistake. And now she's like 
just wants that to all go away and just be like, oh, Albie, I'm sorry. Like, you're the one I should be with. Fair. Fair. See, I like that. Um, in Hambone, you did almost talk me into Porsche. That's where I, why I, I guess I'm going to tell you my LVP Hambone because I don't want to keep wavering. I wasn't going to go with Porsche, or you almost talked me into Porsche, I should say. That's why I was going back and forth with it. But I'm sticking with what I was going to think or what I think uh, before this. I'm going with Ethan again. Ethan's my LVP. He, I think that if you if you look at like him as a whole, like not just this episode, but like in the whole season, like he's the far and away LVP for me. He essentially like, I guess I don't know this, but forces his wife to come on this vacation with a couple that she doesn't really know. And that it sounds like he wasn't super close to you. Like we know the the connection, Yale connection, um, all that stuff, whatever. But like, if if your wife doesn't know this couple that well, like that says a lot to me. And then he's like gaslighting her the whole time and making her feel like she's crazy when she's like, they want something out of you. Like, why do they invite us on this? Like, I don't even know them. Like all that stuff. And it all comes to fruition in this episode, I think. And so that dude, in my eyes, is the LVP overall. It's like, you're kind of being an asshole throughout this. And then like, you probably hook up have sex I'd imagine maybe with uh, Daphne and now you're all of a sudden in love with your wife again I'm like I don't know man this is like you're the LVP and also the other season he's pretty boring drama and boring yep it's almost a bigger sin to be boring than to be <laughs> shitty on a TV show true uh, my LVP is LB just Fair. he's a young he's a young kid but all the signs were there his dad told him and he's just this defiant little shit that couldn't couldn't see things were not going his way and just got played like an idiot. Um, I got played. Yep. Yeah. At, least he at least he accepted it. <laughs> that was an unbelievable one. But it's great. But that that's my guy. Uh, so Dirk, you kind of alluded to what I was going to go into next. Ethan is the LVP of the season for you. So by the numbers, he is, and it's not even close. Um, he has negative seven points. Compared to 700 Cameron at negative four and Greg at negative three. I'm sorry, Greg at negative two. Um, and then Daphne ran away with the MVP at six. Lucia had three. Thanks to you guys this week. But now that you see the numbers, do you agree? Because those are not episode by episode, but on a season season as a whole, do you, who would you say is your season long MVP and LVP? Really quick though, can you hit me with the MVP number, like the top two or three? Let's see. It was Daphne at six, Lucia at three, um, then Harper, Portia's dinosaur necklace, Quentin, <laughs> Tanya, I Valentina, stand by that one man. <laughs> and like, the cinematography episode three all had one. Tanya got a few. She 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 had three MVPs and two LVPs. So she she came out to one a, a positive one point, but a bunch of people at mm. at one there. Did you guys uh, by chance see the New Orleans Pelicans versus the Phoenix Suns game? Uh, I believe it was Saturday night. Zion Williamson had a slam dunk three sixty windmill. To yeah, that was sick. Exclamation point on the uh, on the on the evening. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah, would you say it's fair to say that Hambone uh, thrown in Daphne here, as he says, the runaway MVP is kind of a Zion Williamson 360 windmill dunk to just put the exclamation point on 
on Daphne running away with the MVP. I see. I do see what you're what you're saying with that. He was, and I love it though. Yeah, I love Zion's dunk, and I love Hambone rolling with it. Hambitch thoughts. I love it. Yeah, Zion's awesome. I'll take I'll take a comparison, man. <laughs> no, I just like when you were like Daphne was the runaway MVP. I, I, my brain started turning. I'm like, oh, that's the the dunk to capitalize, which I love because honestly, like you said, Hambone, I love Zion and Daphne. You said it last last recap. I, I think Hambone and I think Neil and I both were like, yep, Daphne. Like the second half of the season, it's like she's just great. Like, what a character development for her. Yep. Would you? Who would you guys say, or would you agree with that as your personal MVP, LVP choices? I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna say Daphne for me. For and, the whole and season, you're saying for yeah. the whole season. Yep. Lucia is up there, but I think Daphne takes it. And then Ethan. Ethan just. Ethan even took over Greg. I think for LVP for the yeah. season long LVP. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely helps that Greg was like isn't in the last four episodes. So it's hard to make him the LVP. Yeah. But... Do you guys think he's going to come back for season three? Well, I was going to ask, do you guys have time to talk a little bit about season three? Yeah. 11 minutes. All right. So the yeah, first... I mean, 9.5 actually. I think. <laughs> the, the, the first, the first question then is, so obviously Tanya was the only carryover character and, and Greg, I guess. So those two were the only carryover characters from season one to two. Do you think there will be, and do you want there to be any continuation or carryover from two to three? Yeah, will hit me with it. Um, yeah, you brought up Greg. I wouldn't mind them addressing that storyline again and like, you know, tying a couple of the loose ends there. Uh, as for anyone else, I don't think there's anyone else's story that we need to keep seeing. I feel I feel like everyone's kind of story ended at the airport and like kind of good to go from there. I'd agree. Tanya, Tanya made sense as the one to bring back because she was just so kind of out there. You can kind of just plug her into any different scenario or situation. I wouldn't mind seeing some allusion to Greg, like, oh, this guest died and then her husband husband was arrested. Like some note about that. I don't want to see Greg in season three, though. I don't really want to see anyone in season three because it would, it would I, I mean, Mike White's a genius. So if he wants to do it, he'll figure out a way. But I feel like it would just feel forced if any of these characters came back into play in season three. I'd rather just start start fresh, new White Lotus, all new cast. Yeah, it almost seems like with Tanya's death, that was kind of the intention, um, which, I, which I think I agree with. I did have a thought, though, and I, I don't want like to see this in season three, but I would love somehow having maybe like a friend of a friend, whatever, having a connection that like this little nugget's thrown in. Somehow, some way, Tanya, for once, was quick on her toes and was like, adjust her will to have Portia receiving the money and mm. not her husband when she dies. Something like that. And again, I don't want like this whole storyline with Portia again or whatever, but I do want maybe something to be like, Greg is actually a loser. He's not going to win in the end because he, he essentially won as well this episode. And I don't want that to happen. True. All the dead bodies season, I mean. might lead back to him, so I could see him easily oh, not, not ultimately getting away with it. Hambone. Good one. All right, what about location for season three? Any any thoughts on that? I'd, I'd be up. I would love like a winter location, like Swiss Ooh, Alps mm-hmm. oh, or, or like oh, Aspen, like Park, wow, City, I didn't like, think about that. like Park City, Utah, something like any that. Any sort would, of like ski ski resort would be, would be Really cool. so a little different. Oh my god! Obviously, freeze the bodies. Any oh. any like exotic beach location is going to look awesome. So I'll, I'll be happy with it. But I'd I'd like to see him change up a little bit. 
I'd also like to see like some sort of desert resort. Just seeing Ooh. all these like uppity rich mm-hmm. people who don't know what they're getting into, just dealing with the, with the dry heat and everything. Joshua Tree. That'd be sweet. I think Maybe that could you be two fun. would want to go to a desert resort with me. What do you guys think? We'll talk about that later. As long as there's no deaths, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. that's like a n- number one A priority, I think. All right. What do you guys think? Wait, Hamish and Neil, yeah. Give me both of your first choices. I'm saying right. Swiss Alps. I'm going to say the Maldives because they kind of hinted at that in the show. Oh, really? How, when? Well, Daphne was like, oh, next trip, we'll go to the Maldives. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now I'm torn. I think I might go with Hamilton. A, a winter resort sounds pretty cool. Well, you got to pick a city. Mm, Hamilton's in Swiss Alps. Ah, that's a good guess. I'm going to go um, Japan. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be somewhere exotic though. I can't remember the mountain I want to pick. Sorry, <laughs> is that the Himalayas? That's not Japan. No, is it? it's a no. There's one specific one I was thinking. <laughs> I I have the name, but I don't want to say it in case I'm wrong. It doesn't matter. But I gotta find three out with Fuji. Mm, well, no, I was wrong. A specific so. resort that I'm thinking of. Oh, a specific resort. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's in Japan. I'm pretty positive. Uh, but I, I feel like if I was Mike White, and I know HBO is going to foot the bill for me to go film a show somewhere, I'm probably going to pick like some epic ocean side, like south of France yeah. type place, or like oh, Australia absolutely. or something. Yeah. yeah. But I think the Swiss Alps would be would be really cool just to see something, change it up a little bit, change change the scenery for season three. What about casting? You guys think about. Anyone for for casting choices? Uh, I actually didn't even think about that. I haven't thought too much, but I saw a post. I'm trying to pull it up because I want to make sure I get it right. I saw a post. I think it was on Reddit that uh, it was like Jennifer Coolidge was incredible. Yeah, I was like Lisa, Lisa Kudrow. Put her on the uh, White Lotus season three, and I was like, I, I would actually love that. Yep, Lisa Kudrow would be would be great. I think Dakota Johnson would be like oh absolutely mm. perfect for this show um yeah i, I mean I have, I, yep. I have a list of like almost 40 people it's kind of rattled off but i won't go through all of them oh um, yeah this was a few though i think daniel radcliffe would be really good if you, if you guys saw the, the oh, weird I... the weird owl movie he he can be oh is it good it's, it's that's it's so good he can be really funny i think he could fit in here um kiki palmer would be a lot of fun anything with ben schwartz him, he he can do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I think Lindsay Lohan would be would be great. She's kind of having to. She's trying to turn him out to come back a little bit. I think it'd be Hamlet. really funny to, and fun to see her in it. Great. Um, great. And choices. then, and then in the in the kind of like, what about Edward Norton? Mm. I think if he, I think he if feels he a little, little too like big. A... He was no, a little, a little too like big. Uh, when he gets like the Grand Budapest Hotel vibes, like a little of the weirdness. I think someone like that could fit well. He's just I, first, I, like that I think he would fit. He might be a little too famous. Yeah, fair. I feel like I feel like that's the key is finding people who are well known but aren't like super mega stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, I, what one I was thinking of was so like in season one they had they had you know Steve Zahn. Season two they had Michael Imperioli and F. Murray Abraham. Um, right. Connie Britton in season in season one as Grand well. Grand Budapest. These kind yeah. of like really well known and well established, but not so. There's gonna be like some older generation ish actor and actress that are involved, and I think like James Spader or Kevin Bacon would be awesome Ooh. in this mm. kind of role. Um, 
but I mean, the, the, the choices are endless. And I'm sure there's a thousand people that I haven't even considered yet. Yeah, I, I didn't uh, think about this. Yeah, I didn't think about this. I'll get back to you. But I, I would also love to see, I, I'm excited to see which Survivor players show up next. Because that's, as far as I know, that's going to be be a theme from for Mike White. And there's still some really good characters from his season that haven't shown up yet. Um, Christian is a fan favorite. Amazing, amazing, hilarious dude. Um, there's a there's a woman whose nickname was Natalie Napalm, and they could find some really fun ways to deal with her in this in the season. Now they'd probably get some small role like in this one, but that's got me excited as well. Now, do you guys hope? I got one. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I will stick to it, even if you disagree. Sam Rockwell, I would love yes. to see him in something. I think like that'd this. be I think that'd be really good. Yep. I think oh, that'd be. Re- I, this is a good game. I, I like think this. that'd be really good. Um, do you guys? want them to stick to the the death theme again like there's some death and it all kind of lead up to that again or would you rather see them change it up for the the third iteration i can see them kind of hinting that there's a death and then you find out the end there isn't a death oh just to change it up a tad but yeah i would say as long as they stick to some sort of like mystery like clue type vibe then like not you know knives out type vibe doesn't have to be a death could be just like i don't know some sort of just thriller mystery. And then with the humor mixed in, like, I just love that, that situation overall. Yeah. Because you don't really think about the death. I mean, season two, you did a lot more than season one, I think, Mm. but the, the main thing is just like watching these characters interact. Yep. And lead up to that point. But as long as there's a a nice hook. Um, But yeah, either way, we're all very excited for season three. I'm sure we'll plan to be back recapping that one whenever it comes out. Um, As far as what's next, I don't know. I really enjoyed doing the the tv recap this was, this was really Same. fun so i think we should try to find another show to do that with we'll have to discuss off air that's going to be a rewatch you know of say succession leading up to that season premiere in the spring or wait for a new show to drop i see a new season like a, a season one type deal whatever it might be we'll figure we'll figure it out and we'll be back with something probably a taste test or two in the future as well i'm sure any last thoughts before we sign off and close the book on season two of the white lotus I mean, the only thing I want to admit it, I was dead wrong about Bert. I think episode one, I was like, you know what? I think he's playing the the grandpa role and he's got something up his sleeve. You know, I think something's going to happen. Nothing. He's just, just he's just, just an old, just, just, he's just an actual old grandpa. He's doing his thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Just, just some last thing. Dirk, anything to add? No, not much. Uh, it's just super enjoyable. I'm excited for season three. Yep. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. And can't wait for whatever we come up with next or decide to cover next. Um, make sure you are subscribed to us for when we do decide to drop whatever it is. So you get that notification right away. Apple, Spotify, and re-listen on Instagram and Twitter at Gnome Boys Pod. For Dirk and Neil, this is Matt Hambridge. We'll see you all next time.